Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete and welcome to this very special mini-series that I'm doing all around the topic of my debut novel, Olive, which is out today. And I'm recording this on July the 23rd, 2020. In lieu of a launch party, sadly, I've decided to release this four-part series featuring four very different women's varying experiences and attitudes towards motherhood based on the topics of my book, Olive. My novel centres around Olive, the protagonist, and her three best friends, Bee, Cecily and Isla. Bee is a mum of three who loves her busy, chaotic home. Cecily is newly pregnant, feeling apprehensive and excited. Isla is struggling with her fertility and undergoing IVF treatment. And Olive knows deep down that children is not for her. And we start the book with her having broken up with her long-term boyfriend because he wanted to try for a baby and she didn't. So that is the premise of my novel. And I really wanted to explore this crossroads that some friends can be at the obstacle course of adulthood and navigating these key life milestones and basically figuring it out as we go along and carving our own paths. So I hope you enjoy episode one, which is with Emma Sexton. She is a design entrepreneur, creative strategist, speaker and coach and the founder of her own creative agency. We talk about her child free by choice life, the things that people still comment on, how society made her doubt herself and how she knew she didn't want children from a very young age. We talk about it all. And the character of Olive really is based on so many unapologetic, inspiring women that I've met who live their life child-free, by choice, and are working it out like everyone else as we all go through life. So I really hope you enjoy this episode with Emma. And you can buy Olive now from any of your favourite retailers. I'm really, really excited for it to be out in the world. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, Emma. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been in the makings for months now. So thank God we're finally doing it. Yeah, and it's good to talk to you. It's good to be here. Oh, thank you. Um, well, normally I tend to ask you about entrepreneurial things and business and just you and your multi-hyphenate ways and obviously the badass women's hour and all of that stuff but today we're talking about the topic of being child free and obviously I've just written this novel which you very kindly read called Olive and I just really wanted to do an episode I suppose talking you know two women talking about it as real people because obviously the the book is fiction and yeah just I've got some questions I thought we could just dig into it a bit because I feel like we're um, on the same page with it a bit. Yeah, I'm really pleased you're covering this topic. And I've got to say, reading Olive was just a total, a total delight. Um, you know, to have a lead character who was considering that as an option was just, well, it's it's unknown to me. I, ne- I never had anything like that when I was, you know, thinking about my decision and thinking about, you know, what I wanted. Oh, yeah, because I've read quite a lot of nonfiction on the topic just over the years, because I've been interested myself. So I'm glad to offer up another perspective on it but I wondered if I could just ask you first of all when you first knew because I mean I know personally that I think I've known from a very very early age actually that potentially isn't for me and I know a lot of women probably feel very maternal from an early age but I wondered did did it start quite early these thoughts for you? Yeah I I can I can actually remember the moment when I realised I didn't want kids and I think I must have been around 10 
maybe it was around mm. 10. And I was watching one of the very first episodes of Home and Away. <laughs> and in it, Home and Away was based on this couple. I mean, it's changed now, but it had this couple who fostered loads of kids and they lived in this big house. And Home and Away was kind of based on all the stories around these, these kids. And I just remember going, wow, I really want to foster kids. I don't want my own. I want to, I want to foster. That looks like an amazing thing to do. Um, so I, I think I've always known. Uh, and then, unfortunately, I spend a, I, I've spent a huge amount of my life in my 20s and 30s second guessing that actual, mm. my own truth. Um, because of society's expectations and the conversations that I'm sure that you've had when you know people can't actually believe that you don't want kids like who are you yeah and it's interesting isn't it because actually there's nothing wrong really with questioning yourself a little bit sometimes it's good to be like oh I'm just going to double check but what is weird is how society makes you constantly doubt yourself like will you regret it who's going to look after you when you're older (laughs) blah 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 but then it's like I, I don't know whether we should also be turning it the other way maybe people should also question having them you know how come it doesn't go both ways I wonder sometimes yeah it's like the default position is to is to have children and you know when you're surrounded by probably 90% of your peer group all having children it's really it's really hard to it's really hard to make the decision I think I think what I found most difficult is I didn't know what my life would look like without kids I couldn't see any any role models that I identified with, anybody that could show me what that life looks like if I do commit to this decision. And I think, you know, but I could see what the life looked like for everybody that had kids. That's in my face every day. But that's what I couldn't see. And I think that didn't that didn't help me either. Because then when people say to you, you're going to be really lonely when you get older, you're like, well, maybe I am. Am I? <laughs> so... Yeah, so I, so I think that makes the decision even harder because every single, you think every other big life decision that you can make, you can change your mind on, right? You get married, mm. you get divorced, buy a house, maybe we'll sell it. You can't really, well, you definitely don't want to be going back on your decision to be having children, do you? Yeah, exactly. It's like the biggest, no, you know, the biggest decision, yeah, you can't turn back the clock on. But it's interesting that nuance in the fact that fostering and, and adoption and building a family is kind of a version of course of motherhood and it's interesting how biologically maybe rebelling I don't know if that's the right word against having children is like there's still this fundamental judgment on a woman not like using her body in that way yes which I found find very strange yeah, and I find it interesting that you're you're saying the the fostering is almost like the rebellion to motherhood because actually I'm now even, you know, as I get older, I'm 44 next month now. And, you know, I'm not sure fostering is in my horizon, certainly in the next five years. Yeah, so I, I guess uh, talking to you now, I'm even questioning that decision of whether I, I still will foster one day, but maybe, who knows? Yeah, but it's, it's interesting though that sort of... Um... But even you saying that it busts the myth that you have never considered children in any form, which I think is interesting. because that's also like another take on it. Because I think a lot of people think child free by choice means no sense of children in your life where actually, of course, it could be. But also um, what I found quite interesting when I was interviewing child free women for, for the book was these women, most of them actually had so much 
so many children in their life, be it their nieces and nephews or um, they were teachers, some of them, or paediatricians or uh, children's book authors. So they'd be constantly around children. And I guess that's also the stereotype sometimes is that if you don't want kids, it means you hate kids, which yeah. is not the case. It's so true. And I know for a while, and I have to stop myself from doing it now when I have, a, when I talk to somebody about not wanting to have, you know, children is to sort of justify it with a, but you know, but I really like kids. And it's sort of like my, my automatic sort of defensive response. Um, because I, I, I do think there's this negative perception that I've gathered that if I, if I don't say that I like kids, you know, am I a cold, you know, a cold person. I think, you know, that's the sort of society's myths, isn't it? If you don't have kids, then you're really, really selfish. Like, that's a bad thing. I'm like, yeah, I am selfish, but that allows me to give and and do stuff in lots of different ways. That If you're a parent, maybe you don't, you can't do that because you're, you're giving a lot of time and energy to your children. Yeah. And how you can give back which sounds really worthy, but you know what I mean? Like to the world in different ways. It doesn't have to be through an actual child of your own. It could be that you're giving creations in other forms. Back. Yeah, and it's nurturing, isn't it? You know, I think we we talk a lot about, you know, motherhood in terms of children, but I guess I see I see that there's, there's a nurturing side to me where I want to, you know, I want to bring out the best in people, but that's not necessarily with children. That might be with adults that might be with my team so I feel like I get loads of opportunities to really nurture and and have a not necessarily a mothering role I don't really want to be somebody's mother but to definitely be almost like a you know a big sister role I guess Mm, yeah I love that I think Elizabeth Gilbert once said there's mothers and aunties and and then I think there was a third option I can't remember but she was basically saying that there's such a role for women who have maybe that space to give back in a very nurturing role. It just isn't like a physical having your own kids sort of way. But yeah. I was on um, the Fortunately podcast yesterday, which was so scary and really fun. But we were talking a little bit about the topic and Jane Garvey, who I just love, said, and I thought it was really interesting. I thought I'd bring it up with you just to see what your thoughts were. But she said that having children, she believes, has made her a better person. And I sort of like kind of like push back on it a little bit like, oh, oh, I think, you know, the reason why that's a bit. But I I see what she's saying and it must be true to her. But I just wondered, you know, are there any comments like that where you think we still have a little bit of work to do in terms of child free women still being seen as selfish? Yeah, because I'm sure having kids does make you a better person. I would also say that running my business makes me a better person, Um, you know, and I just think we can't experience everything there is to live on this planet. And I, you know, I, I think, mm. I think it's just a different life experience having kids, but I think we need to not make out that it's any better or worse than somebody that doesn't yeah. have children because we all experience life in different ways. And from what I understand, the journey of, of motherhood is very different for very different people because of all lots of different circumstances. So for somebody to say, well, you know, I've found being a mother the most amazing experience. It's made me a better person or whatever. That's really great. Well done. I'm really, I'm really pleased for you. But that doesn't actually have any impact on what my journey as a mother might have been or what my journey as not being a mother is going to be, you know. So 
I, it's still sort of, there's still a sort of underlying justification of having children there, isn't there, for me, when I hear that. Yeah, yeah and that's absolutely it. It's that everyone has their own path. And, and I think that's why I find it so interesting, like genuinely quite fascinating, why people react the way they do when I say, for example, that I don't want children. It's like, it, it's almost this panic of like oh but you know you might change your mind and it's like but why are we so invested in each other's decisions because we should all just kind of be like oh live and let live but we're not quite there yet I don't think it's strange yeah it is interesting because somebody said something to me recently kind of before lockdown I was in a bar and I was chatting to these um group of group of guys they're all in their early 30s they all all married or whatever and one of them was he just had a baby and he was talking to me and he said you know have you got kids and I was like no I said uh, I said I'm not up for that that journey I said I want to be child free and he just he literally stood back and he went wow that's really brave and I was really like what where's the bravery because I've because I've really decided not to just do something that everybody else is doing I I, I didn't really understand it as a as an observation I was like what's what's brave about me staying true to my decision and living my life the way I want to live it rather than just doing what, you know, society is kind of telling you you should be doing. Because that's the thing. I feel like whenever I say it, I get like a diagnosis and and it's like, it could be that, uh, you know, oh, okay, you know, that's brave. Or it could be, I've had, and this is a tick took me aback. Someone was like, oh, you know, maybe maybe you're just not ready for that that sort of love <gasps> wow but I don't think that it's it, I don't think I need fixing that's the thing that and and that's what I sort of get and that, that's how I how I find it still sometimes that there's something wrong and it can be fixed and maybe therapy will help and it's like no 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 I, I genuinely am happy with the choice yeah they can't because it's also I you know I think I've been brought up with a with a view of this professional motherhood and you know being 44 a lot of my friends have had kids a lot of my friends have got kids that are now eight nine ten and i've seen seen their journey and i've seen how much that sort of perfection of motherhood has had an impact on them and you know and i do feel like we have this sort of dream world around motherhood rather than the reality of parenting and i wonder if that's people are still almost trying to paint that picture and trying to perpetuate that picture. Uh, I feel like social media now, we are starting to understand the realities and the complexities and the different experiences of motherhood. But I think for a long time, it's been very one dimensional. It's been painted with like rose colored glasses and it looks like utopia. And I wonder if people are judging us for not having kids because why would you not choose this utopian world that we've all been led to believe about having kids Mm, that's so interesting yeah because I I often feel like I'm being advertised it's like mother with a capital M T M kind of (laughs) brand (laughs) and and I'm being sucked in to a billboard of like this could be you and it's like god that's so weird and and because that's what Instagram is it's like kind of branding this this motherhood experience and no experience is going to be the same either which is why I'm sure it can be disappointing at times because you think oh but this isn't what it's been sold to me as yeah you get the highlights don't you but also it's like you know no one's it still annoys me that men don't get judged on this conversation you know no one's saying to a man like well you know 
if you haven't got kids or you decide that you you don't want to have children, they just they don't have these conversations. It's totally like dumbfounds them that somebody could challenge them on that on that decision. That you know, it's just not even a a conversation. It's not a justification, and it does seem to come down to the fact that you know biologically we have kids. So why are you not having why are you not having kids? Because you can have kids. Mm. I don't know, but it's it's just the motherhood conversation just falls on women all the time, doesn't it? And, you know, there are men out there who've chosen not to have children, but nobody's giving them a hard time about it. I know, yeah. Yeah, Jane Garvey was also saying that there's apparently data on how many child-free women there are, I think in the UK, uh, in terms of percentage or whatever, but there isn't any data on child-free men. Wow. Apparently it's just like not, and also it's hard apparently to keep track of because some men you know are fathers without knowing and also some men think they're the father but they're not I mean it's all obviously quite complicated (laughs) but yeah it's wild but I wanted to ask you about friendship actually because I wrote the novel through the eyes of like early 30s women who some are starting to have newborn babies but I wondered you know through your 30s how friendships changed and morphed or whether actually it wasn't a massive problem that some had babies and some didn't. Yeah, I just wondered how it was for you. Yeah, I really, I really loved that in the book, actually, Emma, and the fact that it was all the different female friendships, you know, long-time friendships, uh, and then the different journeys of motherhood as well. Um, that was just, again, another refreshing aspect to the novel that I really enjoyed. But yeah, I think it's really interesting because I, I do have a mixture of friends, and I, I think this is a slight challenge that you can have if you do decide not to have children, is if you have a core friendship group that all want children, there is a little bit of a journey that you go on. You do kind of lose friends a little bit um, in those early years because these children, when they're very young, they suck a lot of time and, and energy and they sort of need, you know, a lot of focus. But, you know, and I think I was very lucky that I've always had a range of friends across different ages, different groups. So for me, my long term friends kind of drifting away while they had kids wasn't so much of a, a, a problem because I had lots of different friends. But I could see how if you're surrounded in a group where everybody's having kids and they all have kids at a similar time, that you could start to feel very, very lost and a little bit lonely. So I think it's it's really good to try and find other friends who are perhaps not on that child journey, or if they are, maybe mm-hmm. they're in a a different stage because lots of my friends are now coming back to me now now their children are sort of five six years old now they're much more freer to sort of you know pick up our, our friendship where we've left it off we can go away for long weekends but there is definitely a period of time when people go off radar and I'm also seeing my friends who are close to my age who were who perhaps wanted kids not sure if they can have them now. So that whole kind of fertility journey as well. It's a complex one, I think, that children and motherhood. It's a really complex one for women. That's really nice, though, that, yeah, things go in waves sometimes and like someone might be, and and it might be that, so, you know it could be the same when someone's like launching a business and they just disappear for a bit because they're sort of in that and it must be the same obviously I mean different but similar when you go and uh, do maternity leave and, and sort of just need some time alone and, and to really get your teeth into that and of course 
everyone should be understanding when everyone's going through things and but I, I often wonder as well whether it might be nice to have a child-free friend, you know, when, when you're coming out of that, because there's no judgment necessarily, not that all mothers are judgy, but you know what I mean? There's no, there's no kind of, you can't really input into it. Yeah, it's so true. I, I think it, that work, it, it works and it doesn't work. So it does work sometimes. Like it's a really nice safe space for them to basically say to me that they're having a really tough day because there is no judgment mm. for me and they know I haven't signed up for that journey. Equally, there are times when they have a tough time and I know, even though I probably know something that they could do to to help themselves, their mindset or or whatever, I know to just shut up. Because if you haven't got kids, passing judgment or advice to somebody else that that have got Mm. kids just does not just does not land and and I think that's something that I've learned over the years even though I you know I can see a lot of the the things about managing your anxiety having resilience you know they're all life skills I've had to develop running my my business and I have lots of like learnings but in the context of children and and motherhood I'm basically know my place (laughs) Mm, that's really good advice actually yeah I mean (laughs) yeah totally would not go down well yeah I mean I wouldn't want them to input on my business so it's fair enough it's fair game isn't it really yeah totally also I think on another podcast I meant I I think you mentioned briefly just the what you know the dating aspect and the relationship aspect when it comes with with being child free because I suppose I'm lucky thank god because I met my partner when we were in our early 20s and it's just so happened by chance we both don't want them because actually we never spoke about it so we could have got to 30 and been a bit shocked and that's really where the olive relationship came from um, her boyfriend you know decides you know suddenly that he's like ready for children and she's like whoa whoa whoa, I've never actually wanted them they never spoke about it and I just wondered with your situation you were saying that actually sometimes it's it is a good thing to get off the table as soon as you meet someone um, on a date because it it's better to just say it yeah, because I, I I do I found I find this a lot actually, and I've got a I've got a friend who got married, and you know they were both on different pages about the the having children even as they got married, um, and I've when I've always been upfront about it. I think as soon as I was convinced and got over the fact that everybody was telling me I might change my mind, I it was one of the things that I brought up fairly early on because I noticed it was. It was definitely more important when I was dating in my late 30s because I was meeting a lot of men who were like my age or older. And it was really interesting to find that there were actually a lot of men who really did want kids. So, you know, and I think dating in your late 30s, people, there is a little bit more of a a relationship ambition sometimes, or maybe Mm -hmm. there was on the dates that I was on. And I just thought there's absolutely no point in both of us investing time, getting to know each other, even if there was an initial spark there, if fundamentally we want different things, because it would just get harder. You know, you imagine, you know, you and your boyfriend and actually having to make the decision that, you know, Olive did. I mean, it'd be devastating when you're, you're with somebody who you really care and love. So I was really reluctant to to even you know invest time and nurture a relationship that I knew fundamentally we wanted different things it just seemed pointless to me totally because the other thing that crops up I find in the comments is you'll want one when you've met the right person <laughs> oh yeah and, and I always find that weird because I do believe I've met the right person and so that that in a nutshell is can be quite offensive because it's like I think there's this real 
point of view that some people have where your the physical attraction or like the biology between two people you should want their babies you know that that line yeah yeah and <laughs> which I, yeah. has always got me yeah totally i've the my boyfriend i've been with for a year and it was just before christmas last year and a friend of mine said the very same thing they said well you you'll know if he's the one cuz you'll want to have his baby <laughs> like are you actually joking I found it hysterical so I put a really big bet on it which they've now lost so I'm waiting for them to pay up (laughs) yeah but then it also I must say as a caveat I suppose what's really interesting with this whole thing because I truly believe that it's not for me but I also think every single person obviously has this room in their life to change their mind at any time yes at any time and so it's like I don't know if you ever feel that though of you know there is no I've set this in stone now there's always a tiny percentage that we might change our mind I don't know yeah well but I guess biology really impacts on that and I think that's the that is the challenge because I think that's probably why men can be so carefree about it because you know Mm. much as their sperm aren't as fighting fit as the older they get you know they need a bit more work ultimately they can still be you know fathering um fathering children right into a you know quite an old age and we can't we do have that biological clock you know our fertility starts dropping from the age of 31 so I do think there's extra extra pressure so much as we want the sort of the luxury to change our mind at any time there does come a point where you can't and I think that 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 really does make it a really hard decision for some women because you can very, you very easily can hit that threshold or, or hit the time in life that I am now. And you're like, well, it wouldn't be so easy to have kids now if I change my mind. Yeah. Or your own, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I do find comfort in the idea of realising later, later in life that actually I do want some sort of family. And then that's why the adoption fostering storyline that you first saw on TV, that can stay in your mind as an option forever which is nice. Yeah, but then I also think that, you know, family can be lots of different things now, actually. And, you know, and as you you get older and you sort of move away from your, you know, the family that brought you up, that that dynamic, you do start to create your own family, which is your own friends and, you know, their partners. So I think now as I get older, I I feel like I, I do have family. You know, I do have those people that are that are there for me. So, do I need the children? I don't. I don't know. I right now, I don't feel like I do. But I think, you know, the fact that you can foster and adopt, I think, if people are open to that, you know, I. I mean, I've. I think I've always thought as well. You know, there's all these, you know, amazing kids that are on this planet, not really through their own choice, probably having a really tough time. If I was going to have kids wouldn't it be better to give them a, a decent home? I always felt like that was a, a compelling version of motherhood for me than just creating my own mm-hmm. mini me. I've never really wanted my own mini me running around, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I think one's enough. <laughs> this is why I kind of love the topic so much and, and loved interviewing so many people for the book as well, because it, as well, you can't just lump in everyone who's child-free into this one shape and one life. And it's like we're all so so different as all mothers are different and there's so many motivations and feelings and emotions behind anyone's choice and I find that fascinating 
you know like I could meet a group of child-free women and we could all be totally different and I love that yeah yeah it is it's yeah it's it's almost like we've all got something in common but nothing in common in a way isn't it because it's you're child free but your your path for going trial three or your decision to go child free just is triggered by yeah your different life experiences i guess yeah and how you'll make shift like whatever family whatever family means to you will be different and 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 everyone's setup is different it's I just love it I just wish we had more role models I I wondered I mean did you ever did you have any I mean for me it's like Elizabeth Gilbert and maybe Oprah (laughs) I don't know who else but you know these amazing women who give so much and I feel like mother the world in many ways I find them very inspiring yeah, so it was, I, to be honest, it was really hard. I hardly saw anybody. So if I met anybody, and I think for me, I was more interested in finding people in real life because it's fine to look at you, you know, the, the sort of the famous people or whatever. But for me, mm. I was like, I just want to find somebody that I might aspire to being in my 40s, in my 50s, you know, somebody that I could I could relate to. So whenever I ended up, you know, randomly chatting to somebody, at a party or a networking event, I would always kind of drill them a bit more, find out, you know, what is your life like? I guess I was searching for the for the answer. I knew what the life looked like with kids because that was everywhere. What does this life look like if I don't have children? And I think uh, now I'm just like, well, you create your own version of what that looks like. You know what you need to be a happy functioning adult. You've got to make sure that's in, in your life. You know, and I think having kids isn't a guarantee that you're going to be not lonely in your old age. You know, I look at my, it was one of the things my mum always said to me. She was like, but you'll be ever so lonely. And, you know, and I look at her and she's got two daughters. My sister lives in Australia. I live in London. She's got an amazing circle of friends. Her life is busier than I am. And it's so her children have not impacted on her loneliness at all. And also it's like you don't sign a contract with your children who you know they they might not want to be in the same city as you or same country as you or not not that that you're driving them away the parent but I mean there's no set in stone that they'll be around for you at that point anyway yeah totally I think I I looked at all the all the utopia all the myths and I was just able to like bust them with some logic or like hard Mm. realities you know I was like wow how many of my friends actually really really love hanging out with their parents all the time all of us have a difficult relationship with our parents where we love them but they really annoy us you know because we become our own people and I was like the reality the reality is I'm going to invest all this time nurturing this person into an adult who's then just going to go off and do their own thing and what am I going to do (laughs) like you know I'll be right back where I am before kids (laughs) I've definitely found that I've looked into as well the kind of anxiety motivation behind people not having children which I know is very specific but the the feeling of I'm anxious enough I don't actually know if I can I can emotionally deal with that exact thing (laughs) having someone in your life that you love that much who just kind of you know goes and lives their own life (laughs) I I totally relate to that when my sister had children that was a bit of a defining moment for me because I was like wow if I if I look at my own family that's either going to trigger it or not and and I felt a love I hadn't felt for a human being ever before so I, I imagine my love for my niece is probably one tenth of what my 
the love is that my sister must feel. But the amount of times I'm like the anxious auntie in the play area and you come back exhausted and I'm like to my sister, how do you do this every day? I've just spent my whole time just making sure that she doesn't die because I would just, it would just, you know, you, like you just can't do anything because the anxiety and my sister found it hilarious. But I was like, <laughs> I know I think back to like all those years where I'd come home like five hours late and not text my parents and I mean I was like god you dealt with that well they were like yeah we thought you we did think you were dead and we were worried but we just didn't show it oh it's so true isn't it so true like 18 years of anxiety I yeah I can I hadn't really thought about that but I can totally relate to that yeah I mean I'm very I'm in awe of of it seriously but yeah I just wanted to end on the note of uh something you said i think before about how there does come a time where people stop asking you and although it sounds like maybe people haven't completely stopped asking you but i'm definitely in the throes of people asking because i'm getting married next year and i don't know being in, in my early 30s it's like the question to ask apparently but how how did it feel like when it started tapering off and you were like, oh, thank God, I don't really have to talk about this too much, except for on a podcast? <laughs> yeah, um, I think it definitely, I think I'm now in my 40s. So people don't ask, mainly because if you haven't got, uh, it's less of a problem because I think people are concerned that if you haven't got kids, maybe you couldn't have kids, which is obviously a more sensitive mm. subject. Where in yeah. your early 30s, the implied is that you are able to have kids but you know when you get to my age there's so people tend to they tend to shut up by then and also I think Mm. there's sort of a I don't know maybe I say it with more confidence now as well so actually I can shut down a conversation a lot more maybe before when I was unsure my response is you know oh I don't know um I don't think I, I think I was always like oh I don't think I want kids so I was sort of leaving the door open for somebody to give me their opinion on it where now I'm like yeah I'm not having kids like it's a, it's a shutdown now it's not I'm not I'm not even open to the discussion I'm not even open to the other possibilities that I might have been in my early 30s when I was questioning myself I'm like there's yeah it's not up for discussion anymore yeah well I think it's um I mean listening to you talk about this topic has been really useful for me and really I, I you know it's very infectious and contagious and was probably the wrong words to use right that right now in time um <laughs> but you know listening to someone else have confidence in their in themselves and what they want I think passes on to others and yeah it's nice to just hear people be very assured in their decisions and I think we need more of that yeah, I th- and I think that's the, I think it's being really assured in your decision so that, you know, you don't spend your time being bounded around everybody's opinions. But equally, like you said earlier, Emma, like being open to change, you, you might change and that's equally OK. You don't have to make a decision at 31 and still have that decision at 39. But, you know, I think it's, you know, listen to your gut. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And consume a variety of stories, I suppose so that you can kind of you can follow your gut I think when you when you see other people living their lives sometimes um I listened to a podcast with Terry Gross um a while ago she's I think she's in her 60s maybe even 70s she's just reflecting on her life and she never had children and she's just like I've never heard anyone speak so like fondly of her own life like she's just she just knows that she lived her life and she she was just so fulfilled and I was like oh that really that really spoke to me personally probably won't speak to everyone but I think it's important to um yeah just 
listen to other people talking and sort of find your you know build your own path through other people's experiences as well yeah definitely it's been great to talk to you on this topic emma i appreciate it oh no thank you so much is there anything that we can plug for you <laughs> people following you or listening to things i um i know you you're always up to something interesting <laughs> yeah I, do you know what no, no not really i mean people can follow me on instagram i'm at miss sexton um i'm just very focused on running my creative agency and my awards so that's myww mm. and the inside out awards and i'm just head down uh working hard at being the best entrepreneur i can be <laughs> amazing yeah no right that definitely go and follow along because there's a lot to learn from you um, Aww, so thank, thank you, you so so much thanks for doing this <laughs>